0: Do you know that a well-placed article reaches more people than the average book? Are you an expert in a field where your how-tos can help others succeed? Today's episode is part two in our deep dive into article writing series. Don't go away. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. your best writing life. An extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so very glad that you are listening in. During today's episode, you'll learn about writing instructional articles. My industry expert is Linda Gilden. Linda is an award-winning Amazon best-selling author of the Linked Personality series, Mommy Pick-Me-Ups, Mama Was the Queen of Christmas, Personality Perspectives, Called to Write, Why You Do What You Do, Words to Live By, Called to Speak, and Articles, Articles, Articles. And she has several ghost-written books as well. As a freelance editor and writing coach, working with publishers and individuals, Linda encourages others to make their writing the best that it can be. She is a wife, mother, and grandmother of the six cutest grandchildren in the world. Her greatest joy is spending time with her family. Her favorite activity is floating in the pool with a good book surrounded by splashing children. Please welcome back my good friend, Linda Gilden. Linda, it is great to have you back on Your Best Writing Life. Thank you, Linda. It's great to be
1: here again. I I tell you, you don't know how many of my books are crinkled and have all these weird kind of configurations of their pages because of having been wet in the pool. (laughs) There's just nothing like having the kids happy and, and playing around right there with you and you being able to read a book at the same time. It's just Everybody's doing what they like to do, and that's
0: fun. Ah, oh, that is fun. And I've been to your home. It's beautiful, and your pool is amazing. And so are your grandchildren, I must admit. They are Thank amazing. You. Today we're covering part two in our deep dive into writing articles. And we're gonna discuss writing instructional articles. And you tell us there are two types of instructional articles, tangible and intangible start with the tangible. In the beginning,
1: when I started learning about this kind of thing, I was like writing instructional articles. I don't really know anything that anybody else would want to know, I don't think. And then when I started thinking about it, well, there were a few things that I thought I might know and that I might could try writing about. And my first instructional article was a tangible article. I showed them how to make a hair barrette out of discarded puzzle pieces and so they turned out really cute and the kids had a good time making them and I always used my kids well not always but they're good subjects as far as trying these things out for me to make sure that we have the instructions right and all that kind of thing but the next time that I had a tangible assignment it was snowing that day, and so my three kids each had a friend over, so we had six children there. The editor called me, and I was, Oh, this is perfect. Kids, come here, I've got something for y'all to do. And so I gave them each a different manner of making paper mache masks, and I gave them each a different way. One of them I uh, did some tin foil into a ball, one of them I blew a balloon, one of them we used just newspaper. One of them, we just let them do free form. You know, i tried to think of all the different ways we could do it to find out the very best way to do it. And so they sat around my kitchen table and had a great time. And we made paper mache mask. Now, the only problem with that was... I made up my own glue to the mask out of um, starch and flour and those kind of things that you usually use for paper mache Well, when the article galley came back to me, they had switched the numbers around. Oh, and no. Yes. Oh, no is right. Because it was just nasty to work with. And I called them and I said, I'm sure I think that you've got this backwards. And they said, oh, no, we tried it out here. And so... It went to press like that, and I don't know how many people messed up their kitchen really bad over that extra <laughs> extra little <laughs> bit of liquid that was in the paste. But anyway, we did it. We waited till they dried, and we painted them, and um, the article came out, and it was a fun thing to do.
0: I was going to say, you're going to have to tell me which one wound up being the best way to make that paper mache mask.
1: The best way was the one with the balloon. The one okay. with the tinfoil was good, but it added so much weight. The newspaper uh, worked well, but you really want something that you can take out of the center. And so just sticking a pin through it and popping that balloon took care of that. So fun. that was the winner. The tangible, the, I guess the easiest way to tell you to remember a tangible article is when you finish with your article... You should have something you can hold in your hands. Mm. In other words, it's not something like depression or or okay. relationships or something like that. That's not tangible. It could Keep be how mind- to
0: build a birdhouse.
1: Yes, it could be how okay. to build a birdhouse. Boy Scouts love these things, mm. and um, so that's pretty much what your intent, your tangible is that you are going to end up with something to instruct other people how to to make that thing that you can touch. A lot of them are written like one, two, three, four, five steps or whatever. And that's perfectly fine to do it that way. But if you're going to do it that way, you need to go over those steps several times to make sure you have not left something out. Mm. Because leaving one point out of an
0: instructional article can just make it not work. Well, then on the intangible, what would that look like?
1: The intangible article would be something like my journey through depression, or it could be something like Christmas is coming up and my sister-in-law and my brother don't get along. How can we make that a pleasant situation for everybody there? So, you still got instruction, and you still might want to have one, two, three, four. You might want to insert some personal stories there that gives you opportunity to share with them your journey, actually, how it mm-hmm. went why did how did you know you had depression? How did you know mm-hmm. that you were getting better? Did you consult a doctor did you you know what were the steps for you in that? One thing that we need to be careful about when we're doing. Intangible how to's, especially, is for instance, you're writing, you decide to write the article about depression, and you're trying to get across what it feels like when the beginning and then in the end. Well, if you're writing My Journey to Depression, and you start with your journey and you keep writing, and all of a sudden you think to yourself, Oh, I better put in here what are the 10 steps that you know would be good to recognize people who have depression. I know those two sentences right there don't seem to go together, but this is what I'm trying to say. If you're telling your story and you jump in with the 10 things that you ought to look for, you're intruding on your story and you're kind of taking a rabbit trail. What I would do in a situation like that, I would continue my story And then as a sidebar, and, you know, sidebars are just like a box that's maybe off to the side or across the bottom. And in that box, I would put 10 things to look for if you think you may be depressed or if you think your mom is depressed. And in that box, I would list those things because then it would not intrude into your story.
0: Mm. So when we have instructional articles, where do we place these? What's a good location where we can say, hey, I can query this particular place in order to get these articles out there?
1: Right. Well, here again, we're going back to our big question of who is the audience? Because if you're going to make this fly fishing lure or whatever they call them in fly fishing, that is something very appropriate for your fly fishing magazine. But if you think that you make the best banana bread in the world, probably fly fishers are not going to be necessarily big-time cooks. Now, they might if it was a fish dish. Oh, that sounds good. Fish dish. If it was a fish dish, that may be be true. But as far as like something banana bread or a dessert or something like that, I, I would think they would be more interested in the fish and how to cook the fish they have caught. And so think about that way if it's a children's magazine you wouldn't probably put the article about depression. You wouldn't pitch that to them, but you may take it and and write an article on how to repair your stuffed animals when the stuffing starts coming out or something like that. You know, I can remember many times we spread the sheet over the kitchen island and we put on masks and we had all these things laid out with our stuffed animals who were beginning to come unstuffed. And my sister and I would we were the doctors, of course, so we came in and we'd stitch them carefully up where all the stuffing was coming out. And so they had to spend some time in the operating room. You know, you, that would be great for a children's magazine but and maybe a mother's magazine, but not something sporty. So look at your audience because you you got to think, OK, maybe it's a business. It's for busy business women. How about that? And so that was you good. wouldn't want these elaborate dishes for mealtimes, they would be more interested in an article, plan ahead five meals for the week that take 30 minutes to fix with three ingredients or something like that. Right. You could really provide some help time-wise for the businesswoman. Maybe even something about organizing her closet or her clothes so she could quickly get them out in the mornings or how to teach her children to have their clothes picked out for the next day. Something like that, that would be practical for a busy businesswoman. I don't know right now how many periodicals there are. There used to be thousands, and of course, a lot of them have gone totally digital. That's one thing that you have a choice of so many articles. Mm -hmm. You just have to look in the market guides in the writer's market. And both of these, there's a Christian market guide, and there's also what's called a writer's market, which is a secular guide. And it is probably two and a half or three inches thick. Mm -hmm. And you can go, it's topical, so you can go look in there and find a lot of magazines you've probably never heard of. And most people don't know there's a left-handed window washers magazine. Uh I mean, there are so many Magazines, but some of them, like I say, have gone all digital, which is not a bad thing because when they're digital, they can put more articles on a website in most cases than they could in a print book. That's right. Because every time they add one into the print, it increases their cost. Right. So, you know, this is great for them to be able to do digital and us.
0: And we don't have to worry as much about word count, there will be a word count. That They prefer, but we don't have to worry about it being typeset into a specific space in an eight and a half by 11 magazine or something of that sort. So digital is there far reaching a lot of availability. This is this is really good.
1: What people don't realize is that many magazines now have, even though they may have, still have a print one, like um, Country Living is one of them. Um, Family Circle and Woman Day used to do this way, but they don't anymore. Family Circle is gone. Woman's Day still has a website, but they put different things on their websites than they do in their magazine. And so if you're looking for two different markets, you might find one in within the same magazine even. You need to look and see because there'll be a separate editor for the print articles than there is for the digital.
0: Sounds good. We have the tangible and intangible instructional articles that are available out there. And probably you're just going, oh, I could do one on this, one on this, one on this. Absolutely, you can. And yes. write, write, write. We've got to get the words out so that people can be tangibly prepared, something in their hands so that they've got something that they can walk away with or the intangible where we're helping them in their, maybe their spiritual life or helping them cope, not necessarily something that they have in their hands, but more of a... How did you get through this in your life? That's real good. What yes. about I've heard of roundup articles. I'm in Texas, but I'm figuring you're not saying that we're going to round up some of the cattle and stick them in a corral. So, what are roundup articles?
1: Well, actually, you sort of are going to round up some of the cattle, but not the cattle. What you're rounding up is different ideas for things. I know you've seen these articles, and most of the listeners probably have too, where there's a page or it could be a spread. Now, the difference in a page and a spread is a page is a page, and a spread encompasses two pages, usually right beside each other. And so sometimes you'll be asked to do a one-page, which you can fit about maybe five, four or five opinions on, and then a spread. Of course, you could get more on those. But the point is... Readers kind of get excited about them because they go, "Oh, this won't take me long to read," and usually it begins with a question of some sort. Um, I've done one on how to potty train your child, you know, and it was very interesting. The different ideas that I got there. I've done one on Easter observances, you know, what was your most favorite Easter memory? I've done some. So we're we're asking
0: other people. We're we're bringing in other people's thoughts on this.
1: Yes, this is not all you have to write for this is a short beginning paragraph graph, and a short summary paragraph at the end. Everything in between is something that people have written and sent to you. You you've sent a letter or a question to certain people and you have chosen those because you can't really go out your front door and run around your cul-de-sac and ask everybody that lives there this one question because you're going to put their names and probably their states or something like that. And you want to, you want your demographics to be varied. So if it's appropriate, you want some men and women. If it's something that happens all over the country, then you want to ask somebody in California, somebody in Michigan, somebody in Texas, somebody in South Carolina, and maybe somebody in Maine. You want them spread out all over the country because you don't want to just focus on one part of the country. So okay. the demographics is something that you need to think about. The gender, the question itself, it may be a totally female gender question. It may be a totally man question. And so there's nothing wrong with doing it that way either, but some of them are generic and either wouldn't matter either one, in which case you just need to vary your genders that answer you and If you have a lot of people that you wanted to ask, sometimes you can use smaller pieces of it, but for the most part, you know, like about a five to seven word paragraph is about all you need from each person. (laughs) Surely in that amount of time, they can tell you what fun they had potty training their child or, you know, how they entertain them in the summer when they're at home from school or or something okay, like that. When you, it said,
0: when you said five to seven word, did you mean five to seven sentences in a paragraph? I meant five to seven lines. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Just not a long, not a long, long paragraph, but, and you can always edit it. You have that editorial license to do that when you ask for this. Uh, and the reason it's called a roundup, you know, it's because like we said, it's almost like rounding up cattle, but also that you could Combine some of the other kinds of articles with it as well. If you were going to do a profile celebrity article, you might combine that with your question that you're going to ask in your roundup article. And it could be all celebrities. Now, celebrities Ah. are not the quickest ones to get back to you as far as information. So sometimes you can luck up on that. Um, The best way to do that is if you are someplace that there will be celebrities there and you can just ask them in 5 minutes and they can, you know, tell you what they said what they said or would like to say and you just take some notes and then you're done with it which is a Perfect. really good way to do it. You could do one on writing the same way when you're at a conference or somewhere like that or if you are at a podcasting conference you could ask four or five people what are the top maybe what are the top subjects that people want to listen to or something like that. Which would be informational. See, the Roundup can really encompass a lot of different types of articles. You don't want to get too much in there, but people don't realize what you're doing usually if you've got Roundup and you've got a celebrity or a holiday, or they don't really realize that you've even paid any attention to that. And here again, every article needs to be tailored to whatever publication you're pitching it to. That's why your audience is so important because you need to know what is it that you can pitch to them that they would be interested in. And the bigger magazines, you can go online and if you click on media, they will have a media kit that tells you everything in the world you'd want to know about that magazine. It gives you demographics. It gives you what they're looking for. It gives you their editors' names and how to submit. And there's just a lot of information out there if we just know where to find it. Beautiful. So that's a good little tip. Most people don't know those things exist. Um, Some of them have just like one sheets, but then there are others who have really pretty big packets for their media section. So that's always good to know.
0: Always good information. Go and get that media kit submission. We want to find out how they do that or what their needs are. And we want to give them what they want.
1: Oh, absolutely. They won't
0: take it if they don't want it. <laughs> so we well, really got then, to work hard. That's right. Which brings us to your giveaway. Offering to our listeners is a submission formatting for their articles, correct? Yes.
1: And it's something that they can just go by um, if, they, if they, I mean, they definitely need to read it as well, but they can just use it as a guideline now and Sometimes now that we send so many things digitally, you know how when you copy and paste something from like Word and put it in email and it goes just kaflooey everywhere, they say don't worry too much about the kaflooey part as long as you have all the information in there. But I still write mine in the same format and then I transfer it over to the email. So Email is a good way for them to keep up with it. But when I first learned to write, which was many, many years ago, there was a book called Manuscript Formatting and Submission. And I don't think it's in print anymore, but I learned to write, really, writing from that book because I would lay it out any time that I was going to do an article, and I would make sure my article looked just like the articles that they were being pitched so that you know, I knew how they liked them, and the first time I ever wrote for Writer's Digest, I had the magazine open beside me, and I said, okay, they use a title, check. They use a subtitle, and I was like, oops, didn't do one of those, so I had to go back and do a subtitle. Then I would do, okay, now let's see, they have subpoints. They have um, every about 250 words. There was a bolded statement there between each section. That's what I'm talking about there. They put those about every 250 words. They had a bio note, not a bio, not even a short bio. A bio note is one sentence. And there's mm. all kind of these bio things. But when they say a bio note, that means you got to say everything you want to say about yourself or your writing in one sentence. Wow. Sometimes that gets hard, especially if you have a book that you wanted to sneak in that le- in that sentence somewhere. That's coming out soon, but for the writer's digest, that's how I did it because that's how they did it. Right. And so that way I was able to recreate their format, meaning that they don't have to do a lot of work, to it when they get it. And that's very helpful.
0: That is, we don't want to, we don't want to make it difficult for those receiving our articles to use them. Let's give them what they need need the way they want. Yes. Right. There's less work
1: for them. So
0: that's what we want. Make it easy peasy.
1: Right. For sure.
0: Well, you've done it again. You've given us incredible instructions on writing instructional articles. And I can't wait for the next episode. And everyone, you're going to love it. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You're going to just want to tap into each thing that we're doing on this deep dive in writing articles. Oh, Linda Gilden, I can't wait for you to come back on.
1: Oh, I'm excited. I just want everybody to punch the off button when we're done and just
0: go to writing articles. I just think that's
1: the most fun thing to do anywhere,
0: anytime. It is. It is. All of the show notes or all of the links in the show notes will take you so that you can contact Linda Gilden. We also have her book, Articles, Articles, Articles. There's a link to that book. It's amazing. And for the submission format that you can download and you'll be able to utilize in order for you to correctly submit your article to the next yes. magazine, the next receiver of your amazing writing. I can't yes. wait. And we'd love, love to hear to it. Know. That's right. You know. If somebody has their first
1: article in somewhere. I'd love to know it. That's right. So
0: That'd you have to contact us and say, I submitted it. They accepted it. And woohoo, we're going to be happy yes. about it. We like to woohoo Yay. with you. Yeah. It's, we're woohooers. <laughs> yes. Work. Linda Gilden, thank you so much for being on with us here again. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. Thank you, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment, if you would, to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating, post an episode review, and hit that subscribe button. We want to make sure you do not miss any of the information that we want to give you to help you excel in your craft. I greatly appreciate what you have to say about your best writing life as much as I appreciate what you have to write for the kingdom so good. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best riding Life.